Hey there, I'm Andrew Ainsworth, a proud supporter of Sword and Laser, thanks to Patreon.com. It's easy to set up, and what do you get out of it? Endless geeky bantering about the latest sci-fi and fantasy books. So if you want to help out, head over to Patreon.com slash Sword and Laser. Give a little, and get a lot of Veronica mispronouncing things. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. And apparently I can't talk very well tonight. Uh, I haven't even started drinking, really. You need a little gumption. That's mm. what you need, Veronica Belmont. What's, what's that? What's that? That's the what I'm drinking, actually. I just started drinking a bullet rye. I'm having a woodchuck hard cider gumption. I feel like this will be one of many bullet rides this month. One of many. Come and ride the train. Get it ride. Ah, oh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, there's so many jokes there. That's good. Yeah. All right, everybody. Let's jump into the quick burns. A lot to get into. Lady Murmur, thank you for posting on Quick Burns about the complete Garrett P.I. series finally becoming available on Kindle, she says, and hopefully all other ebook platforms. Red Iron Knights number six of 14 in the Garrett P.I. series by Glenn Cook now available after a very long wait. I'm not familiar with this series, are you? I'm not either, though. Uh, so that's kind of the double effect here is it introduced me to the Glenn Cook Red Iron Knight series, which is fantastic, or the Garrett Files, I guess. Red Iron Knights is book six. Uh, and so that's that's cool to discover. Blood-soaked blades have been taking their toll among the luscious lovelies in Garrett's home city of Tunfair. If you'd like to know more, go check it out. Sounds like something up your alley. What are you trying to say? I mean, you like, I mean, you like P.I.'s. Like PIs, I feel like, like you private like, investigators. Yeah, I feel like you're like a Raymond Chandler, like I, noir I, I, PI. Oh man, kind yeah. Of fan. No, I mean my my stupid username that dates back to the mid '90s is Ace Detect. So yeah. oh, that's why. Of course, yeah. that's why. Uh huh. I like. I like. Why would you think that? Why would you possibly <laughs> assume? I don't know where you're getting that from. I have no. That's baffling to me. Um. So that's cool. Yeah, I would. I am always looking for new stuff to read. Thanks, Lady Murmur. Terp Kristen says that Tor.com has the World Fantasy Award winners listed for 2016. In addition to the normal awards, Andres Apkowski, Andres Apkowski, and David G. Hartwell were given Lifetime Achievement Awards. The best novel winner, The Chimes, has me intrigued, Terp Kristen says. Anna Smale, The Chimes, from Scepter Publishers, uh, beat out the fifth season by N.K. Jemisin, uh, The Buried Giant by Kazuo Ishiguro, uh, Uprooted by Naomi Novik, Savages by K.J. Parker, and Headful of Ghosts by Paul Tremblay. So good competition there. Got me a little interested as well. Absolutely. We had long fiction winner goes to Kelly Barnhill, The Unlicensed Magician. Uh, short fiction went to Alyssa Wong, Hungry Daughters of Starving Mothers. And Best Anthology went to Sylvia Moreno-Garcia and Paula R. Stiles, editors of She Walks in Shadows. Uh, let's see. There's the Galen Dara won Best Artist. Stephen Jones got the Professional Award for the Art of Horror. Uh, John O'Neill for the Blackgate Adventures of Fantasy Literature Non-Professional Award. Did I miss one? I think I missed one in there. Oh, yes. Best Collection. C.S.E. Cooney's Bone Swans. Yes, and the awards were given at this year's World Fantasy Convention, which took place on October 27th to 30th in Columbus, Ohio. 
Trike passed along what we were asking for. What Trike was asking for. TV Tropes comes through again with their grand unified timeline. It's exactly the thing I was wishing for in the earlier post, says Trike. Uh, So there you go. Uh, You can now take a look at prehistory through 30,001 CE. And they, they break it up by eras. So like in the 80s, 90s, and even late 90s, they have it by decade. Uh, but then going back, they have it like the Renaissance, First Industrial Revolution, Second Industrial Revolution. And uh, they bring together lots of different universes into this one timeline. You know, we had an email actually um, from the gentleman that created the... Um the 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 page that we spoke about uh, oh yeah thanks for writing into us that was cool yeah let me see if i can find it real fast he Um, was um surprised and pleased uh also he was worried about our criticisms of his design which believe me uh, we are we are not going to throw stones about design we were just having fun it looks great and i wasn't even kidding when i said it's eminently usable it's good stuff yeah that was uh, jason from all timelines um so definitely if you if you missed out on on checking it out last time around a couple weeks ago um go take a look and yeah he, he did not intend a late 90s early 2000s uh design aesthetic but i appreciate it nonetheless Made me feel, made me feel like coming home. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Early internet days. And then this grand unified timeline of TV tropes does things like, like in in the introductory text for it says, "Want to know how many works set in World War II feature the Third Reich dying in any way other than suicide? Just look it up here." Uh, it was a personal project started by Gorblacks at the Penny Arcade forums. He created the timeline for video games using years from the Gregorian calendar, and so they said, "Hey, let's do the same thing for these different science fiction universes." Uh, let's see. Aaron uh, posted an article about uh, Tor, who made a new short story, uh, posted rather, a new short story from Charlie Jane Anders, answering the question asked by innumerable readers of the novel All the Birds in the Sky, what happened to Patricia's cat? I actually wondered that, too. <laughs> Clover, like, about, of course, of who we what speak. What about the cat? So there's an entirely new short story uh, right there on Tor.com. So definitely, if you if you enjoyed reading All the Birds in the Sky along with us a few months ago, gosh, that was back in, in the spring, was it? Yeah. Was it that long ago? Wow. Yeah, it was early earlier this year. Early, yeah. early when the year was but young. You uh, can the, learn more about the uh, crotchety kitty named Clover. The day after Anwar and Joe got married, a man showed up on their doorstep with a cat hunched in the cradle of his arms. There you go. She's right there in the first word, in the first sentence. Not the first word. The is the first word. That doesn't imply a cat. Uh, Yeah, I'm definitely going to find out what happened to the cat. Uh, And then Tomp pointed out that Brandon Sanderson has a movie deal for the whole Cosmere. I think, or for his whole Cosmere, I think... That Tomp is making a whole schmear joke there. Uh, but whether he is or not, DMG Entertainment has in fact nabbed the film licensing rights to Cosmere, the series of interconnected fantasy novels from Brandon Sanderson. So kind of a cool int- situation because it's not just a sequence of novels. It's it's not as extensive as, say, a Terry Pratchett universe, but it's like that. And this news broke, I think, like literally the day after we recorded the podcast and everyone started tweeting it to us. And I was like, darn it. Oh, we missed it. But that is very cool news. Congrats to Brandon Sanderson. Yeah. Uh, The Cosmere comprises the bulk of Sanderson's writings. Uh, So basically, they're getting all of Brandon Sanderson's brain uh, to make a television series. So Elantris was was part of that series, too? Or is that that right? Is that right? I think you're right about that. I'm asking you. I don't remember. Mm, I don't know. 
Uh, DMG is fast-tracking an adaptation of The Way of Kings, uh, the Stormlight Archive, and has hired screenwriters Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan, who wrote the Saw films, uh, to adapt the books. DMG founder Dan Mintz will produce the film with Sanderson and Joshua Bilms as executive producers. I'm going to look this up real fast because if you know I what? don't, I'm going to hear it's about funny. it. Okay, so... I look at this and I have an interesting thought process. At least I think it's interesting. Brandon Sanderson's getting an executive producer title. They used to do that just as a, like, oh, we'll give him a consulting producer title. We'll give him a producer title. Now they're giving executive producer titles. But a lot of times people, for instance, George R. R. Martin, are involved in the running of the shows. So I wonder if Sanderson will actually be allowed to have a little bit of, of contact. I know James S. A. Corey, uh, both of them are involved in the creation of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's a new found trust between writers and television where both understand that they can contribute to each other without stepping on each other's toes. I think the feeling in the past was, was that writers don't really know the television business and they'll only get in the way. And that seems to be going away. At the same time, I bring this up because I just watched Casablanca again today, which is my favorite movie. Uh, and and when I just want to feel good, I sit down and I watch Casablanca. And it struck me that there's one executive producer credit in it for Jack Warner because it's a Warner Brothers picture oh. back when Jack Warner was in charge of Warner Brothers. <laughs> and he was the... I'm like, man, the executive producer title, no disrespect to executive producers, but it's come down a little bit <laughs> since then. Just a touch. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, you would think back then... The executive producer would be like the executive producer of the studio. Yeah. Have like his his touch on everything. Right, right. It's like freaking Jack Warner gets an executive producer title. Nobody else yeah. gets that title. And yeah, Solantris is uh, part of the Cosmere universe. Okay, good. Yeah, I kind of thought that was right, but I didn't want to say for sure without knowing. I wanted Thanks to say, I wanted to know and then yeah, be yeah. able to say for sure agreed. instead of hearing about it later. 100% agreed. All right. Well, now it is time for Bury Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. And uh, I liked this little tit for tat uh, we had going on the forums, uh, which was, which kicked things off, which, or rather, oh gosh, I am really having, my brain is just full of nightmares. Of bullet, dry. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> nightmares. Um, best cats in SFF. Yeah. So Mark thread. started. Mark started this over on QuickBurns, and we were originally going to put it in QuickBurns, but then we got this whole great thread discussing it uh, in in the discussion area. Yeah, that was started by uh, Chirp Kristen, uh, pulled this one over, and uh, there was a pretty big list. So some of the ones that Tassie Dave uh, picked were, uh, you know, or, or said that were missing were Shiva from The Walking Dead, Cheshire Cat from Alice in Wonderland, Tigger from Winnie oh. the Pooh. Well, Tigger, is Tigger a cat or a tiger, though? Tigger's a tiger. I thought he was an actual tiger, not a cat pretending to be a tiger share Khan from the jungle book okay that's oh, yeah. not i mean shiva shiva i mean a big cat shiva shiva I guess and shere Khan are both big cats so that, if we're bringing that tigger in then we have to bring in and richard shiva. parker and lion from wizard of oz lion from wizard of oz is a okay, man the, yeah, in so a lion cat, costume we gotta we gotta settle on what we decide means cat do we mean cat in the broadest sense of felines or do we mean cat as in house cat because that's a whole different uh, mm, thing. Yeah, I'm kind of, of of the mind that it should be a house cat. I'm just going to put that out there. However, Mark I also started think out a hot with dog Barnes is a Noble. sandwich, so what do I know? A hot dog is totally a sandwich. Really? Oh, you really? Oh yeah. Nobody nobody agrees with me. Yeah. The internet no, is against me. I mean, it's it's on the edge. It's on the edge of sandwich. I'll, I'll a, give you that. It's not it's not mainline sandwich, but sandwich edge case. Yeah. 
It is. Um, yeah, because the Barnes & Noble article that kicked this off from Mark talks about Master Wren in Monstrous, Mort by Robert Rapino, The Lion Cat in Sega, Tail Chaser. Um, yeah, Tail Chaser. Oh, Nimitz Tail Chaser was on from that list. The Honorverse. Um, Crookshanks, Harry Potter series. So these are all house cats, right? I'm yeah. not finding any big cats here. Yeah, I think it. I think it should definitely be. I think it should definitely be. Um, well, now Aslan, Aslan in the Chronicles of Narnia made the list. Aslan, <laughs> Aslan. I say because my mom's from South St. Louis, so I say Aslan. Um, I picked I, on this list. Uh, oh yeah, Bagheera had, made the list too. Sorry. Having had, having not have seen had seen the, <laughs> have, hmm, I did not Take see two. the the border. <laughs> Not borders. I had not seen the Barnes and Noble list, and so I put uh, Freddy Tail Chaser from Tail <laughs> you Chaser. Seen, song. You hadn't seen the B. Dalton list yet, huh? So we. Uh, I hadn't yeah. seen the Walden Books list, so I went with that. <laughs> uh, Come on, you're yeah, not so going to do a half price books list? Oh, yeah. Well, but that one's only got 12 and a half. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have a full 25. <laughs> I I did note that most of the cats on the Barnes and Noble list are house cats, but there are big cats on there. So I I kind of feel like I would want a house cats list and a big cats list because those are separate things. Yeah, um, and so to answer that, we of course naturally, because this is the world we live in, we had to have the best dogs in sci fi fantasy as well. Oh, also started yeah. by Tassie Dave. Now, does this include wolves? big dogs it does seem to count well, dire wolves. i mean it does have dire wolves right yeah <clears throat> all the dire wolves from song of ice and fire uh oh look at that oh that's so sweet tassie dave put django champelli and sawyer jerule from events of a different nature which Aww. is a book i wrote about so- sawyer and django my dogs uh fighting crime and solving uh, mysteries uh and he even got their last names that are only in the book otherwise you wouldn't know it so, that's awesome. That's very sweet. That's very sweet. Uh, what's my so? What's your favorite dog? Uh, okay, so fantasy? he's got Toto. He's got Crypto. Crypto's pretty good. I love the Dire Wolves. And of the Dire Wolves, I mean Ghost, right? I mean Ghost does all the hard work. I have. <laughs> well, I have my favorite. My my total favorite is Oberon from oh, Iron no, Druid. It, see, yeah, right? Oberon's pretty amazing. He's one of the best. Uh, I'm 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 going through here to look at some of these others. My favorite, um, I, Oberon's my favorite, especially because there is one of my neighbors from the Iron has an Irish yeah. wolfhound, and every time I see it in the park, I just want to like run <laughs> You're over to like, it's Oberon. It. Like, Oberon. I brought you chicken and apple sausages. <laughs> uh, I do love Ghost. Carl from Fuzzy Nation. Okay, that's interesting. That's a good one. Uh, I'm still going Lockjaw from the Inhumans and Pet Avengers. Pretty good. Yeah. Sandor Clegane. <laughs> okay. That's funny. Not an actual dog, but that a human. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, cool. No, I'd have to say Oberon or Ghost. Oh, Night Eyes from Royal Assassin, from Assassin, like Night from Eyes Assassin's. from Assassin's Apprentice and all the uh-huh. all those ones. Yeah. That would be, that would be great. That's another That's good, good one. one. That was from, um, I think Joel added that one. City by Clifford Simic. By the end of the book, humanity is extinct, but dogs have ascended to take our place. So the entire race of did you dogs. Say, did you say Mouse from Dresden Files? No, I Michelle. forgot Mouse from Dresden Files. That's a good Michelle one. Michelle added Mouse from Dresden Files. And Dog from Good Omens. Remember Dog? Oh, yeah. Dog from Good Omens is Oberon class. Oh, yeah. Like right there in that same. That's right. 
that same style. This is a good list. Thank you, yeah. guys. This does Thank make you me guys. feel better. Uh, Tassie Dave did also include the tines from A Fire Upon the Deep, <laughs> which I think is reasonable. <laughs> Another whole class. Uh, yeah. I'm like, they're dogs, like. Yeah. If we're picking, like, wolves and stuff, I guess they're pretty different. But yeah. Yeah. And werewolves. I, I love that Ghost is always there for Jon Snow. Mm-hmm. He is. I've got I've got that right. That ghost is John's, right? Yes, of course. Yeah, of yeah. course. Okay. I doubted myself for a second there. All right. Well, let's um let's jump into the kickoff for the book of the month. Um, we're we're not too far. <laughs> what what? Well, be- no, because the th- first thing I want to say about the book of the month is is part of the reason that I keep going. I don't know. Did I have that right? Because I said very definitively on the last show that we only got two responses, and of course, everybody who responded wrote back like, "You idiot." There's like twenty five or more. <laughs> there was seventy five. There was yeah, like no, seventy five. Like, yes. Yeah. So uh, take it all back. You guys are the best. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, my not hitting read more. I mean, I could go on a rant about page design, but I could have read that it says read more. Uh, did not stop the fact that futuristic violence and fancy suits still won either way. It's like we tried to commit voter disenfranchisement <laughs> and were, and however, we're still, the outcome was successful in spite of us. Yes, exactly. Uh, although... There's a bit of a controversy brewing because uh, a few people just don't like the violence. Now, it's a book called Futuristic Violence and Fancy Suits. So if you're not into violence, that's totally cool. Don't read it. Like, we get that. Uh, I don't think it's as bad as some people may who are jumping out because other people are saying it's violent may think. Uh, So... I'm trying to walk that line of saying like, hey, man, if you don't like violence, there's definitely violence in this book. And that's cool. We're not trying to pressure Mm. anybody. But I don't know how far you're into it, Veronica, but the violence is much more implied. It's definitely not very often described. I'm like I'm like 14 percent in. Yeah. Um, Okay. And so probably the most violent thing that happened was on the train. Yeah. And that's. I uh, and I'm farther in, maybe a third of the way in, and that's still the most violent thing that's happened, as far as I could tell. And even that scene was did not bother me as much as some of the violence in Fire Upon the Deep. Like just interesting, like, yeah, interesting. Like even yeah. that, like there were scenes in Fire Upon yeah. the Deep where I was Fire like, Upon oh the Deep god, was war. like very yeah. a little like more disturbing, even. Uh huh. Like especially things that happened to the Tynes. Yeah. Yeah, no, and it gets described. Um, So this had not crossed my mind. I I have not been in any of the threads because I usually try to avoid spoilers. Um, So I did not know that this was an issue. So I'm sorry if if some people are having trouble with that. I, I, I didn't think of it as... I wasn't aware that it could potentially be an issue. I understand if people are are uncomfortable with the idea of violence. Um, yeah. So take take care of yourselves. If this is not of a course, book for you, like you know, don't don't feel pressured to read it. Uh, so far, I you guys know me. I'm pretty sensitive to this stuff. It has not triggered me in any way. I don't feel like crazy uncomfortable. You know, everyone's everyone's mileage may vary. Um, people have different levels of, of comfortableness. Um, but yeah, you, you guys know me and I'm, I've been okay. And it hasn't even really crossed my mind. So give it and a shot, see how it goes. It, and some of it is very psychological. The, the person, and you can go and find the person on the thread. I, I just don't feel like outing them because I don't want it to be about that. I don't yeah. want to be a judgmental, but the person who started the thread had a personal experience and the psychological aspect is what set 
that person off. Gotcha. So, you know, that that's an entirely understandable situation. And there are there are more of that kind of psychological aspect of it. And I think that's the majority of the book is the comment on social media and people being uh, dis- disassociated from violence and wanting mm-hmm. to see it rather than the book actually describing things that happen. Right, right. Um, I, on, on another note, though, um, you know, I'm really enjoying it so far. I, you know, from kind of from page one, I'm like, oh, this is very different from a lot of stuff we've read. And the the writing style is is pretty fresh. And uh, I like it. And it's, it seems to be a pretty fast read. And I, I think it can it is both humorous and interesting and sometimes a little disturbing. Yeah. Um, but there is a humorous aspect to it, too. And I think Zoe's a really interesting character. And I, you know, I, I feel already a kinship with some of the ways that she sees the world. So it's well, a da- fascinating read. David Wong, uh, if, if you're a patron at the $5 an episode level, you've, you've got this already in your inbox. But David Wong is the editor-in-chief of Cracked. Uh, it's his pseudoname. Uh, he, he made it up as part of a story he wrote in the 90s. And this is his third book. He's wrote uh, John Dies at the End. Spoiler, it's the <laughs> title of the book. Uh, and uh, this book is full of spiders. So he likes to play around with things and ideas. And some people call it libertarian, although I don't think it's necessarily libertarian in the Gary Johnson sense. It's it's more of like, if there are no rules, what happens in a society? Something's good, something's bad. And Tabula Rasa, the city where the majority of futuristic violence and fancy suits takes place, is Las Vegas on steroids, right? There, mm-hmm. There is nothing but private security because local government has just gone broken, broken down. Um, I I didn't realize that he was and the editor of Cracked. That's that's pretty pretty funny. Um, I remember when John Dies at the End came out, there was a lot of critical acclaim around it, or at least a lot of really great reviews um, about that book. And I, I've kind of enjoyed this this uh, trend I've been experiencing recently of not knowing anything about the books we're reading going into them because <laughs> it, it's kind of freeing. I yeah, go in with like it's zero like what Jeff Kanata does with movie trailers. He avoids yeah. them uh, altogether until he sees a movie. Um, I like I like having zero assumptions going in, and and uh, even skipping your your book briefings has been has been kind of fun. No offense, I appreciate that you do. <laughs> that. I appreciate you. <laughs> no, I know you do, <laughs> uh, and and you can skip them too uh, if you're a patron. Uh, although <laughs> that is one of the perks we give you. <laughs> Uh, and you can read them afterwards, right? You can always go mm-hmm. back and, and and dig in. The other thing uh, that is just personal about David Wong is that he's from Lawrenceville, Illinois, oh. which is Southern Illinois. Basically down neighbor, there. Huh? I mean, he's almost Indiana. He's so far to the east. Uh, he's down there by Olney, Channel 16. And he's a graduate of Southern Illinois University in the radio, television, film department. Very cool. He's one of my people. Southern Southern Illinois Pride. One of your people? Yeah, because I went to to school for audio, radio, video. Oh, I, 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 Not he's one, one of, of your my Ill- people. He's, he's one of our people, Tom. Because he's from Southern Illinois. And because he went to school for audio, radio, I mean, I think he's video. more, because he's also a Saluki, which my dad graduated from Southern Illinois I don't Illinois know what that University. means. What is that? I don't Go know what Go Salukis. What does that mean? That's a is mascot that like, for the like Southern Illinois universe. See, you like obviously the, don't know Southern Illinois. Is that like Illinois. the raccoon, raccoon animals it's from a, Japan it's with a the dog, big balls? Actually. Oh, well, the, it's, a, it's a tanuki a, looks like a dog. Kind it's of. very similar to a tanuki. They call them raccoon except dogs. Except it's a dog. It's called a saluki. It's are they Egyptian. Also, are they also signs of, of fertile, of being fertile? 
No. They're they signs of speed. They don't have giant balls. I don't think so. They certainly don't in the logo that Southern Illinois are University they, are uses. Are they a suit that Mario wears on, on Mario Brothers 3? No, definitely not. Are they a winning-ish football team? They have been once before, maybe more than that. Okay. That so I don't really halfway know. decent football team, not a fertility symbol, not do not have giant balls. Egyptian. Egyptian. Yeah. Not Japanese. Because Southern Illinois is Little Egypt. Okay. Because you have the two rivers and okay. the city of Metropolis, where they have a Superman statue. Wait, so so Southern Illinois is the cradle of civilization? Is that what you're saying? In the Midwest. <laughs> okay. I, feel like I don't we, know. It's I feel like we things, covered a lot okay, of ground here. You remember when? Remember when the settlers came? Uh, the the white settlers came and started naming everything after Rome. Well, in Southern Illinois, they're like, everybody's doing Rome. We're doing Egypt because we've got two rivers coming together like it's a delta. Well, I mean, not everything named after Rome because, I mean, there was like New They Amsterdam. did a lot of Greek, too. Yeah. But it was that whole Greco-Roman, we're going to be like, like, like the ancient times and Plato and all that. Like Atlanta. And down there in Southern Illinois, they're like, don't forget Egypt. Atlantis. 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 Atlanta is the lost city of Atlantis. You know, you can buy tickets to visit Atlantis now. No, you um, can't. Yeah, no, the Disney Resort. <laughs> isn't that um isn't that like couples only resort? Isn't that like a no, but they have like don't No, they it's that family. Slide? It's Disney. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of Sandals. Yes, Sandals is the couples resort. Correct. That's you from know, that which I learned about from watching The Office. The older I get, the better that sounds. I just want, and I've never done this, and plenty of my friends have, I just want to go somewhere where you don't have to pay for stuff. An all-inclusive like resort? Yeah, that's the word I was looking for right there. All-inclusive. They have a yeah. lot of those uh, in, in Mexico. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know that they'll um, they'll let me in. Are we allowed to go there anymore? <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I have I don't, no idea. I'm not sure how things work anymore in this I may world. have this in reverse. I don't know. I'm confused. <laughs> not very up on current <laughs> events. Ah! <laughs> um, yeah, so let's go on an Alaskan cruise. Yeah, I actually want to go on one of those science cruises. Scientific American advertises them all the time in their magazines. Science? You go on a, What's you go that? on a cruise, like they go to Alaska or they go to Antarctica or they even go in the Mediterranean. Mm -hmm. And then when you're going from one place to another, you have all the cruise things, but you also have lectures from scientists about like these amazing discoveries and stuff. My next door neighbor has written a fiction book about a tour group of people who go to the Galapagos. And it's it's in it's a it's basically a short story collection but thematically mm -hmm. timed uh, oh. thematically tied to this trip. So yeah. it's all like the independent stories of the people on this trip to the Galapagos. I started reading it. It's really good. That sounds really cool. Like yeah. I I like I like that idea too because I've been into this. It was kind of when we were talking about Brandon Sanderson's Cosmere universe earlier. I like this idea of creating universes that stories are in, and they don't necessarily have to be sequential, and, mm -hmm. and kind of discovering this universe that way. Yeah, I, I really cool. liked it. Um, he's a cool guy. Well, I liked that conversation, Tom. I always enjoyed talking with you. Thank you for taking the time out of your week to be here on Sword and Laser. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> 
I feel like I'm about to promote my new book. So which, what's coming um, up for you next, Tom? Well, I've got a book coming out in March, uh, mm-hmm. March 14th, Pilot X. You can pre-order oh. it on Inkshares. Yeah. It's about a time traveler who gets swept up into a universal war. That sounds amazing. And what are your inspirations for that story? Uh, Doctor Who. <laughs> Uh, you should call Paul Cornell and get him get, get a script in front of him. Oh sure, yeah. <laughs> That's it's just that easy, right? It's like that. Yeah, me and Paul were tight. Hey, remember when you were on Sword and Laser that one time? Sword <laughs> and Laser. No, it's a podcast. Well, it was a YouTube show too. Yeah, and we called. No, you, you don't. You were on it, Paul. No. Paul, where are you? Did you hang up? Oh man, um, what else is coming up for Sword and Laser? Oh yeah, just a reminder that we launched uh, Lem's Library. So right. if you are a patron at $20 or more, um, you have access to Lem's Library. We will send you books for free in the mail. Um, we have a spreadsheet where you can check out the list of all the available books. Some of them are ARCs. Some of them have never been cracked open. Some of them are, you know, we've read and are amazing. <laughs> What? I thought you were going to say some of them are old and moldy. So, um, no, I don't think so. No, none of them are. Um, but yeah, you can check out the, the spreadsheet and mark down which ones you're, you'd be interested by sending us a, a message on page, Patreon, and we'll get those out to you. Um, so yeah, check check out Lem's Library if you are a patron at $20 or more. But you don't have to be a patron at $20 or more. You can share your love of the show at any level by heading to swordandlaser.com slash, nope, patreon.com slash swordandlaser. <laughs> That's correct. Though technically... Uh, Technically, I believe you could go to swordandlaser.com slash support, maybe. I don't know if I have that. Never mind. Go to patreon.com slash swordandlaser. Oh, no. You probably do have something up there on the website. I know we have it somewhere. I, I just updated the backers today, by the way. Oh, nice. If you're nice. a backer and, and one of the things you were hoping for is to have your name on the website, go check it out. It's on the website. And I was right. You can go to swordandlaser.com slash support and see all the different ways you can support the show, including, Tom. Yes. Your next part of the closing, which is... You can also support the show by buying books through our links. You can find links to the books we talk about, some of our favorites. Uh, It's just a big page full of books that you've probably heard us mention at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Click on any of those books and buy one, and it helps the show. Or honestly, if you click on one of those books and buy anything, it helps the show because we get credit for the session. Sup pumps, grills, shoes, Um, Amazon pantry. Uh, vitamins. vitamins. Those are usually add-ons. So you have Dog to buy food. Else. Dash um, buttons. Dash Amazon buttons. Echo, echoes. New echoes. laptop. Oh, yeah. Mm. Swordandlaser.com slash picks. Thanks for listening, you guys. I just want you to know I appreciate all of you. I love all of you. Thank you for being with us throughout the years. Uh, you make my life better. You make things happy for me. Um, it's nice to know you're out there and that we're part of a community of, of awesome people. And that helps. And I just want you guys to know that. Be good to each other. Be good to each other. Review us on iTunes. Give <laughs> us <laughs> five stars. Uh, be good can, to each other. And also be good to us by giving us five stars. On it. You can email us at <laughs> feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And you can call and leave us a voicemail at 4157-SWORD-6. We'll see you next time. Bye.
This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.